0: Hey friends, welcome to the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to encourage, inspire, and equip you in your walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Caracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America International, author and traveler on this journey of faith. You may have heard of my guest, Kathy Branzell. She currently serves as the president of the National Day of Prayer Task Force. But if you've listened to any of my other podcasts, you'll have figured out by now that her story, up to now, has a few plot twists, which we'll get into in a minute. In addition to her work with the National Day of Prayer, Kathy was the founder and president of the Fellowship of Christian Encouragement for Educators. She served as a rapid response chaplain for Billy Graham Association, as well as the National Coordinator of Love 2020 and the National Facilitator for Mission America Coalition. Kathy is a prolific writer of devotionals and books, which we will have listed in our show notes for you. But her greatest achievement is raising two godly children with her husband, Russ. Welcome, Kathy.
1: Hey, so good to be with you, Jody. The
0: 2022 National Day of Prayer was May 5th, and there were prayer gatherings in Washington, D.C., as well as in communities coast to coast. You've been involved with the National Day of Prayer for 20 some years now. Before we dive into your story, tell us about the significance of this year's prayer focus and what you felt came out of that
1: day. I am so grateful. It's so funny that our scripture verses for this year were Colossians 2, 6, and 7. That really could be an entire sermon series and a great book, Uh, All just in these two-packed verses. They say, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been Firmly rooted and now being built up in him, established in your faith, just as you were instructed in overflowing with gratitude. And I'm overflowing with gratitude as our theme was exalt the Lord who's established us. And it was really a great time for us to take every thought and word captive, to really think about what's coming out of our mouths, which is an overflow of what's in our heart to rethink some of our discussions, to rethink some of our, not just our words, but our tone. And so I've been so grateful as we had tens of thousands of gatherings, like you said, across America. And people are writing to us now and saying, wow, um, the Lord's really convicted me. And there's been a lot of praying of clean, creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. So there's a right spirit of what comes out of me. So, so grateful that yeah, God's COVID, been
0: It seems like COVID was really a time when uh, we were all a little bit in the furnace and some of that gunk started coming up to the top. This was a perfect time to just allow God to remove the dross from at least a little bit more dross from our lives so we can shine for him more. Yes. So just overflowing with gratitude. Coast to coast, really, there were gatherings In almost
1: every city. Yep. In every state. In the Virgin Islands. In Puerto Rico. And we even had other other countries praying for us and with us. I mean, it was astounding to think about Cuba praying for America. People in Cuba. You know, people in Guatemala. People in um, Australia. It spent the entire month of May praying for America. So how about that? So we are incredibly grateful. And remember that... Yes, the first Thursday of May is the National Day of Prayer by law, but we continue, of course, to pray every single day and to mobilize Unified Public Prayer for America every day. We know that. Well, Kathy, you
0: are leading this crucial prayer ministry in our nation, but it took really years of work of God working in your life to prepare you for where you are now. Uh, tell us about your upbringing and how you first came
1: to know the Lord. Well, I was born into a Christian home, and a lot of people think that's no testimony, But it really is because um, God, you know, authors our days and uh, I was a military brat, although I've never figured out why they call us brats, because there was a whole lot of sacrifice. There was no room for brattiness in being a military child. Um, As by the time I was 15, we had lived 18 different places. When I think about being deeply rooted, I'm deeply rooted in Christ, but in nowhere. Um, When people say, where are you from? I'm like everywhere. But I think that that was really part of God's preparing me to lead the National Day of Prayer Task Force, because there are only two states in America that I have not visited, Idaho and Alaska. And everywhere else, I have this connection of people, you know, a culture, uh, memories of that. And I'm so grateful that my parents, when we, no matter where we were, no matter for how short a period of time we were going to be there, before we even unpacked the boxes, we went to church and got involved. Um, Every minute has mission and meaning. And my parents raised me that way, that we didn't waste Even six weeks in Alabama um, because, oh, well, we're only going to be here for a little while. It was, no, this is where God has established us for six weeks and we have mission and meaning here. So get to it. And so I'm so grateful that that's how I live life now, you know, now that I'm much, much, much older.
0: Well, that is really important. I mean, I grew up in a military family, too. We didn't move quite as often as you did, but it was so important to have that really solid family foundation of faith, because when we moved from city to city, you know, we didn't always find immediately uh, great fellowship. Eventually, the Lord would bring us into a fellowship, but Really, my faith was grounded like yours in a strong family where we prayed together. We had family, you know, Bible study every night. You know, my dad would build this big chart and chart out the whole Old Testament as we read through it. And those were precious times to me. And still, I know they were the grounding of my faith. So I can can relate to exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, so let's let's encourage women right here. I always cringe when somebody goes, "Oh, well, I'm just a housewife." I'm like, "You're not just anything." So you get to be the chief evangelism officer of your family. You get to be the chief faith officer. You get to be CEO, CFO, COO, chief opportunity officer of your family. And there is nothing greater when you look at the generations through scripture. And so remember, wherever you are, uh, wherever you uh, work out, hang out, where your kids go to school, where you're working, we do know that uh, more women are CEOs now uh, than men. But your value Is in Christ. Those of you who think, "Oh, I don't do much," I just wanted to stop and and have you reevaluate and and then recenter. Especially
0: with all that's going on in the world, that is the the messages that are coming at our kids. It's even more important that at home
1: they are getting they're being surrounded with their foundation of faith. Amen. Yes, and summertime is a great time to live life on purpose. While you were
0: growing up, did you always have a dream of serving the Lord in ministry?
1: (laughs) Nope, not even close. My dream was to fly SR-71s. I wanted to serve God and country, uh, serve God by serving country. My father was a pilot. Uh, He flew AC-130 gunships and was a lifetime military Uh, ended up a colonel in the Pentagon. And all I wanted to do from the age of three, which a majority of my wardrobe consisted as a child of flight suits, all I wanted to do was fly SR-71s in the outer atmosphere and fight the enemy by collecting intelligence. And that I wanted to do that all the way through life. Um, I studied well, I kept my nose clean, I stayed out of trouble for the most part, Um, did not get serious with boys because all I wanted to do was um, become an officer in the military and be one of the first women pilots to serve. That was
0: right around the time when the academies were beginning to accept women into the academies. Did you apply for an academy job?
1: I did and uh, wound up going, made a decision to go to the University of Georgia um, on ROTC, into the ROTC Mm -hmm. detachment. But uh, dreams were shattered as we found out I was night blind. Now, I had learned to fly at the age of 15, but I did not get, uh, had no idea that I was night blind. I thought everybody had trouble seeing Um, at night. I wasn't trying to hide it. But in getting to go into a deeper, much deeper physical for the possibility, not probability, but possibility um, of getting to fly, They found out I was night blind and everything came to a screeching halt at that moment because you can't fly and be night blind in the military. So that must have devastated you as a teenager. Absolutely. Like, uh, it was like all of life came to a screeching halt. I had no idea what I was going to do. I was alone on a big campus and that's not a good place to be when all your dreams have shattered. But God, you know, what did you do? I mean, as a
0: teenager, uh a college student, your identity and your faith were probably in question a little bit. How did you get through that? Well, just and,
1: my entire path. Like, yeah. When you think, Oh, when you, you think your entire life, this is my plan. You know, surely this is what God wants me to do because look how good I did in high school and look at, you know, where I, all of these things. And, and I just kept chalking it up to the Lord and being on the right path. And so all of a sudden there was like, wait, what moment. Um, and just, feeling completely lost and purposeless is not a Mm. good place to be. But I I really, sadly, but in God's hand, just kind of did this, oh, well, my grandmother was a teacher. My great-grandmother was a teacher. My aunts were a teacher. I guess I'll just go be a teacher. That seems to be the family business. And I loved children. I love learning. And so it was kind of this, well, I'll just go be a teacher moment. And of course, God had a plan for that, um, you know, to take me on this path to where I am now and getting to start face for educators and write devotionals for teachers for 17 years. I have to say there was no God audible voice saying, Kathy, go be a teacher. Um, It really was kind of this fallback (laughs) kind of, "Okay, well, uh, I've got to sign up for classes for next semester, so I guess I'll go do this.
0: Yeah, I've seen in my life, and I'm sure you have too, Kathy, that God directs the paths of the righteous even before we really know we're righteous sometimes. You know, I
1: mean you That's you right. have been a
0: Christian, of course, and so he was directing your paths, but sometimes even when we don't know God's directing us, he is directing us. And when we look back on our life, we think, Wow, God, you were there even when I felt like you had abandoned me. Even when mm-hmm. I felt like I missed it. Lord, you were still there directing my path. So along the way, you met your husband, you got married, you started a family. Did you meet your husband in college or how did that happen?
1: I met my husband when I was 11 (laughs) and he was 13. (laughs) Our dads were stationed in Texas together. I know we have this sweet story of no secrets, you know, when you, when you know each other from that, but yeah, we met. It's really a funny story. I'll tell it very briefly, but he, he was a really, really good baseball player. And um, I belong to the Baptist Church in Texas. And Baptist softball is a big deal in Texas, or at least it used to be. And we, um, you know, played each other. All these churches played each other. And it was very competitive. Our youth group wanted him to come play because he was so good for our team. But you had to go to church um, at least one day a week to get to play mm-hmm. that week. My husband will self-profess that he was quite the heathen as a child, and uh, really didn't want anything to do with God. But our youth group dragged him into Wednesday night where he got dinner in youth group. And as he tells the story, he walked in, he can tell you what we ate, what I was wearing, and where we sat and the dirty looks my father gave him all through dinner. As he sat down across the table from me <laughs> with his spaghetti plate in hand, looked at his friend Randy Hawkins and said, I'm going to marry that girl. Wow. And so many, many, many Many years later, we got married. My father became his Sunday school teacher first. So anyway, we've known each other a really long time. But yep, along the way, I finally got <laughs> married and, and um,
0: started a family. Yep. But even after that, you were dealt another pretty, pretty big blow. One that big pale, uh, made, made yeah. your dream of not becoming a pilot pale in comparison.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a dark day when you hear your doctor say you have a brain tumor and Mm. having an infant and having a brain tumor is not something anybody can plan for. And so just uh, you can either I struggle with the idea of getting angry at God because I'm like, why would you run from the one the 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 one God because I don't want to call him a person, but the one who is your help and your hope. Even if he decides not yeah. to be your earthly healer, he is going to be your ultimate healer. And so I don't judge a single person, please hear my heart, who, who does get mad. But that was not my path. My path was to run head first, headlong onto my face, into the throne room of heaven at his feet and cry for help.
0: So did you get miraculously healed? Did you have to go through some medical treatments?
1: How was that journey for you? 14 and a half years of chemotherapy. Wow. Um, It was a very long, gross, painful journey of experimental chemo, but then I would go into remission and each time the remissions Mm -hmm. got a little shorter and shorter Um, at one point, They had taken me off the chemo too early, thinking I was in remission and I wasn't. And the tumor started growing back almost immediately, but it grew into a different area of the brain. And I lost my short-term memory for 18 months. Wow. And so that's, uh, you know, always keep your sense of humor and everything. People would look at me funny, but it was the only way to explain it to people was I would say just, I'm Teflon brain. Nothing sticks. Yeah nothing sticks. It was very um, almost Alzheimer-ish where I could turn to you and meet you, turn away and turn back to you and meet you again. And so that was a very scary 18 months as I had my long-term memory, but we just had moved to Colorado. So I had no long-term memories there. So if I eventually, if I left my house, I was lost, but God. And so varying stages of chemotherapy, reached a point where there was nothing more they could do for me, signed paperwork for an experimental surgery. And two weeks before that surgery, God said, enough and sent this incredible woman I've never met before and never seen since from Mexico who had a dream the night before about me. And God told her to tell me I was healed and I would love to be able wow. to confess that I received that with great faith and jubilation. But I did not. I questioned her. And um, God made it clear that uh, that was the case in our conversation. Wow. And I went home, had an MRI, and praise the Lord, the tumor was gone. And wow. so that was in 2008 And here we are in 2022. And um, I even, my doctor here in Georgia just a few years ago said, I've read your file. Can I just look? Can I just, I'm sorry to doubt. But we really, as as your physician, I think it would be a good idea for us to take a look, you know, 10 years later and just make sure you're okay. And I was like, go right ahead. And sure enough. And so anyway, just um, nothing but grateful.
0: Well, you know, even in the middle of your grim prognosis, you decided not to get mad. Instead, you started getting involved in ministry. I mean, during that time, I think that's when you started the Fellowship of Christian Educators and you started volunteering with National Day of Prayer. Why did you decide to do that? I mean, i I've been through radiation and I've been through surgery after breast cancer and it saps your energy. I can't imagine what ongoing daily or, you know, ongoing doses of chemo would do to you just make you very weary, both mentally and physically. So how did you do that?
1: I can't pinpoint it to a moment, but you know, there was a Chris Rice, Chris Rice song that said, teach us to number our days and teach us to make our days count. That was really uh, bringing me mm-hmm. back to my roots of every every minute has mission and meaning. And was I going to waste? I still rested. I still did my treatments. I mean, it, it was a long road, but I wasn't going to sit around and wait, just like uh, we encourage people in the military who would say, oh, well, once I retire and it's like, well, you're just, what are you going to do with the other 20, first 20 years of your of your life or 15 or however long you're in the military. Don't just look at the opportunity in front of you. And a lot of time the opportunity was um, at the hospital, in yeah. the hospital, the lab, you know, just encouraging others, continuing to speak faith, um, knowing that God's always faithful. He's not going to stop being faithful to me <laughs> on this day. And so expressing that faithfulness and encouraging others, wherever I was, people who were bringing me food, doing my laundry, taking care of my children, they would always say, you know, I came over to minister to you, but you ended up ministering to me. This is, this is crazy. And so just being willing to take all that God has for every day and to invest in that opportunity to store up treasures in heaven. Well, after your 14
0: year struggle and you and all that you and your family had been through, what did God do? You know, you learned some deep lessons from the Lord. Can you share some of those?
1: Oh, wow. Um, trust him with everything. Don't take anything at face value. Take take everything at faith value is really what I would tell, um, tell people now. I often say, God, what are you up to? And you can almost hear say, well, come up and see, you know, he will give you heaven's view. If you ask him, that comes from one of my most favorite Bible studies of all time, you know, T.W. Hunt's From Heaven's View. With that, just trusting him in the moments, not running ahead of him, not falling behind, but keeping in cadence with his heartbeat for you. And living that out for my children, living that out in our family. A pity party only puts you in a pit. You know, when you really think with the root of a pity Party is the word "pit," and so how do you just celebrate life every single day wherever you're living it and however you're living it?
0: For a planner like me, taking everything one step at a time with the Lord can be challenging. I mean, I'm daily learning how to do that. I'm getting better at it, but um, I like to run ahead and say, "Okay, let me see what's ahead, Lord." (laughs) But he doesn't.
1: He doesn't plan to be spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the joke is I plan to be spontaneous, and so that's just a discipling moment where you still make plans. Uh, uh, let me just say that you still make plans. You're just willing for God to frustrate them. Yeah, you're just willing for a bad day, a very sick day, a whatever, you know. But you you still make plans, and that's what I did with National Day of Prayer and getting involved in the National Prayer Committee was um I still planned to be there. I still participated and um if I couldn't, I couldn't, but mostly I did. Yeah. And and that was God. That was just God's grace and a testimony to his strength and goodness in my life. Amen. And he was using all of that even then to prepare
0: you for where you are now. But then not long after you and your family had been through all that you had been through, your son experienced a health crisis. And as a mom,
1: that probably shook you more than your own mortality. How did you walk through that? I did. It, it is, it it was the worst. Um, As a matter of fact, I, when, when our son, just a year later, we were, we were a cancer free family Mm. uh, for, for a whopping 13 months, not Mm. even. Mm. And when the doctor said that he had this horrific, um, rare blood cancer, I actually whispered the words to God, just give me mine Mm. back. And God's like, that's not how this works. That's not what this is about. But that was painful. And in that moment to have my 16 year old boy, okay, everybody just stop. And if you've ever interacted with a 16 year old boy, (laughs) if you've had a 16 year old boy, you'll know this was God and his response. He looked at the doctor. He looked over at me and he looked back at the doctor and he said, either way, I win, mm-hmm. and his um, Jewish doctor said, "I have no idea what you're saying. What do you, what What are you talking about?" And Chandler said, "Well, doc, if by the miracle of medication Jesus allows you to cure me, to heal me, and I live longer here on Earth, then, in the words of my mom, he's not ready to graduate me, and I win. But, doc, if he decides that my time here is done if I'm not healed here and I get to go home and be in heaven with Jesus. That's a bigger win. And so doc, just so you know, no guilt for you, but no glory for you either. Jesus decides my days. And he said, my mom had cancer for over 14 years. And I know from watching her, this is an opportunity to glorify Jesus. And that's what we will do. So that was that journey for almost two years. And um, thankfully, he still is with us and is thriving and serving the Lord um, in media. Uh, so grateful for his journey as well. But it was horrific as a mother. Well, and, and what a
0: testimony though, really, of how you walked through your cancer journey, that your son would be have seen your faith in the middle of it all. I'm sure you had days when you were like, can I do this anymore, Lord? Seeing that steadfastness gave him the confidence when he faced it to say, Yeah,
1: I can do this through God, through God, not my own strength. He saw it as a platform to get to share his faith. And, um, He had chemo every single Friday. Imagine that, you know, your high school years are supposed to be the greatest years Mm -hmm. of your life. And every weekend for his junior and senior year, he's sick as a dog. He's in the infusion room all day Friday, but he just used it no matter where we were in the lab. He was hospitalized several times. Um, You know, we're at Children's Hospital and he just used it to express his faith. And it it was a platform uh, for him. A microphone, so I was grateful. Yeah, and, and
0: another testimony of how having that family foundation of faith is so critical at every stage mm-hmm. of our kids' lives, and
1: right. it's never too late to start. That's right. Yeah, so for for moms and grandmas out there, let, let me just speak to grandmas and aunts and you know, maybe some older people right now, they're like, why am I still here? What is my purpose? You know, is God still using me? My dad used to tell us stories about him growing up and things that he's been through, and of course, my brother and I had to to jab with my dad. We called them boo-hoo stories, you know, about him walking to school both ways in the snow uphill with no shoes, you know, those kind of things. But really, I want to encourage you to talk about your history, talk about your days um, with children, with youth, with whatever. But instead of making it about you, make it a story about God's faithfulness. Talk about where God showed up. That's what scripture is. You know, we, we know these great stories um, of all of these people, but it's like. And, you know, here's where God engaged and here's what God did and here's how God provided and here's what God said. And yes, you know, here's where people were disciplined and here's where people died. And here's where, you know, David's running for his life and living in caves. Um, It's not this fairy tale story, but it is a story of God's faithfulness. So make your life and your testimony and your conversations without becoming preachy Make your stories about God's faithfulness and start building up courage and strength in our younger brothers, sisters in Christ's lives so that they know whose they are, the character of God and his strength. And they start walking in that instead of what they're hearing on the news and what they're hearing at school and what bullies and friends and peer pressure are telling them. Start building up that God confidence and that God identity in them. As you tell your stories, you know,
0: my parents were the first believers in their families, at least in that generation, my whole family, we got saved within a month of each other and kind of grew in the Lord together. But I loved when I was little to read biographies of believers. I would read Corey Ted Boone and I would read, you know, of whom the world was not worthy. And You know, I, I, Amy Carmichael's story, and I loved those stories of faith because they gave me such confidence that God was going to work in my Mm -hmm. life too. And it's even more impactful when you hear it right out of the horse's mouth. I mean, I've, over the years, God has allowed me to, you know, meet some believers who have lived long and, and seen God's faithfulness in their lives. And just what you said, it's so impactful to hear right from them. This is what God did for me. This is what he did for me. So it is so important and
1: powerful. Yeah, and have your children write it down. You know, I think I was just reflecting the other day on my life because of many things that have happened, even as a child. And I thought out loud, you know, the enemy has always been after me. The enemy always has my entire life um, has wanted to shut me down because of the plans that God has for my life and that's true for every human being. I'm not special. I'm not uh, you know we, we we all walk in kingdom purpose. But just thinking about how the enemy's been after me all the time even as a child and going back and saying thank you God. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for snatching me out of the enemy's hand in that moment. Thank you that I didn't go into some pit of despair because of that happening because of Um, people very close to me committing suicide in high school and on and on the stories go. But just having your kids make it a habit to stop and notice God's faithfulness and the whole God is great. God is good. And we thank him for our food. You can teach a four year old, a three year old to talk about, well, how is God great? You know, try that for a dinner conversation. Well, what else do you thank him for besides food and really growing up this these prayer warriors and and these warriors in Christ so that they are strong all the way through whatever God has for them and quite frankly, whatever the enemy has for them so that it's a glory story. Amen. You know, God cares so deeply
0: for children like we've been talking about and, and for adults as well. Um, Over and over again in scripture, he directs us believers to care for the orphans and the widows, which is why Somebody Cares created the Orphan and Widows Fund. And as a company of women, we can do so much together to take care of the special needs and to cultivate special gifts of children who he has put in the care of our ministry partners uh, around the world. So I encourage you to pray about joining our number with a gift at hergodstory.org. Click on Help Now. Your gifts will go toward the Orphan and Widow's Fund. Um, and if you have cryptocurrency, we even accept that. It's not so at the moment. It's not doing so well, but cash or crypto, either way. But Kathy, you know, as you came out of these crises, God started leading you to write and into new avenues of ministry. Um what were some of those things that you did?
1: You know, it was really what I call an everyday along the way um, ministry. So I was writing, I started Face for Educators still in the throes of of this um, cancer battle. Um, I started Face in 1999 and wasn't healed until 2008. Getting to write devotionally uh, from the experiences of being a teacher and writing to teachers was um, an amazing opportunity. And then um, beyond that, just when God would strike my heart with something, my very first book that I ended up self-publishing because I wasn't willing to make the changes that certain publishers wanted to make um, was called Prayer Warrior, you know, the battle plan to victory. Mm. And it came out of a picture in the newspaper, the Sunday paper um, of a woman who uh, there was a gentleman who was standing with a protest sign that was, for something that uh, you and I biblically would not agree with. And then there was a woman, a short lady, um, with this massive holy Bible (laughs) tucked up under her arm, right? And she's screaming in the face of this man. And they actually captured like spit coming out of her mouth as she's yelling at this man who's standing there silently. And I burst into tears and said, when did Jesus ever do this? I, I don't believe anyone has ever come into a loving, saving relationship with Jesus Christ being spit on and yelled at. And it broke my heart and I went upstairs and put my laptop in my lap and couldn't type fast enough mm. um, it, about this the, the journey of, um, of loving someone to Christ, of praying, really, someone, um, praying uh, people into Christ and, and what that journey uh, looks like of fighting the enemy on our knees. And so anyway, just as, as God would spur things on in my heart, my latest book um, as well, just seeing that people grasping mm-hmm. for, th- for what God provides in wrong places. And, and you're like, God is pursuing you with these things. And you're running around hunting for them as if, you know, there've been Easter eggs that have been tucked away somewhere. And so really just uh having eyes and ears and a heart open um gave me the opportunity to get to start writing and publishing yeah, you know talking about that lately i mean you we know we both
0: you know we all know the the greatest commandment love the lord your god with all your heart soul and strength and the second of these you know love your neighbor as yourself this year though god has like been speaking to me about a deeper love for others mm-hmm. i mean yes a deeper love for him too but He's kind of been, he's really been showing me that we've been praying for salvation for people. We know people have been praying for revival, praying for a turnaround, and he's really been showing me it's got, it's out of love. I mean, we know that in our head, don't we? We know that in our head, but everything is going to be done out of love. The healings that we want to see, the deliverances that we want to see. If we don't love, I mean, when Jesus was on the earth, he was moved with compassion. And when he was moved with compassion, that's when the healings and the deliverances, I mean, God was compassion. So it's not like he was, you know, there was any time when he wasn't moved with compassion. I think those words are there to show us. (laughs) We have to be moved with compassion. You know, it's that praying, you know, when we pray for people, that compassion of love of God, he pours it into us. We open ourselves
1: up to that in a deeper way. And
0: then we can pour it out to others.
1: Right, Living water. I mean, that goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of the broadcast about realizing what comes out of our mouth is really what's in our heart. And so taking rethought captive and really looking at it and going, is this truth or trash? Am I drawing somebody nearer to God or am I pushing them further? away from god and and in this deeper love you're talking about because the you know as that command says and love your neighbor as yourself well that gets wonky in the translation of it because there are a lot of people going i don't even like myself you know or let me tell you everything that's wrong with me and then i'll tell you everything that's wrong with my neighbor and so i love that jesus said and i've been on this journey of going through scripture and seeing so he says um love one another as I have loved you, that's a bigger love right there, you know, because the way that Jesus has loved me unconditionally and wow, you know, throughout my life, that's a big love. And so I've been doing this deep dive scripture search for the words, as God has, as I have with Jesus speaking. As you know, have mercy as the Lord has mercy, forgive one another as the you know as the Lord has forgiven you. Um, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. That's a deeper love. We dare to receive it. If we dare to experience it, we better dare to express it. Yeah, I mean, it's not something we can conjure up in ourselves. There's just no
0: way it has to be given to us from the Father. in your work with the National Day of Prayer, I love the women that you got to work with. It was such a privilege for you, I'm sure, to work so closely with women like Shirley Dobson and Vanette Bright and Anne Graham Lotz. I mean, true women of the faith, true mothers of the faith. Uh, Just by being around them, I'm sure you learned so much. You got to observe their lives and watch how they dealt with crisis and share one or two memorable things that
1: you learned just by being around them shoulder to shoulder. Wow. I certainly learned to pray. You know, we say prayer is caught, not taught. Um, You really grow a deeper, more intimate prayer life by praying with people who have deep, intimate prayer lives. Mm -hmm. And so definitely learned how to pray, learned a lot about leadership, Mm -hmm. but also learned a lot about marriage and family life. Um, Like what? I remember standing at um, chapel and focus on the family with Shirley. And she's just looking adoringly at Doc. It it was the sweetest thing to just to just step back for a second and look at her looking at Mm -hmm. him. Now, they have a very cool relationship. And and I've um, had the privilege of spending an enormous amount of time with them and traveling with her, traveling with both of them. And and they tell funny stories on each other. They have this great sense of humor. They they just have a sweetness about them. But getting her to look at him. And then after chapel, she grabbed my arm. It was like she was going to explode if she didn't tell somebody. And she said, integrity. When I look at my husband, I have so much respect for him because he is a man of integrity. And I thought, ooh, sis, you you plant that in your heart right there. Um, Because so many times we honor people for worldly applause. And uh, she could have said how many books he's written, the number of people he's helped. Look at this massive ministry that he grew, you know, from a seedling. But she looked at his character and she honored him. That's something for us to remember as wives is to watch what we say, even if we're like just joking. You know, the, the Bible says don't do that. Um, because uh, we're we're saying this is really what's in my heart about you. And And so to remember, uh, I would say I learned from all of those women various things, but that every human being needs acknowledgement. So don't ignore people. They were all great at, stopping and giving people their focused attention which is hard to do Um, when everybody knows. not looking over your shoulder not looking around the room for somebody more important or how do i get i mean Mm -hmm. so um just acknowledging you as a human being giving appreciation to everyone to their staff to their families and just appreciative people and great affection not withholding beyond the leadership you can you could take a whole bunch of leadership lessons um, and at the root, there were those, those three things. Those are good. So you love
0: prayer, yeah. head of the National Day of Prayer Task Force. A lot of people don't have that same feeling about it. How did you get to that point And how can others get to that point?
1: Like I was saying, prayer is caught, not taught. And so for a lot of us, prayer feels awkward. You think that, and maybe you were raised that, you have to go into your best King James Mm. version, and you have to use big words, and you have to sound very glamorous and well-educated in your prayers, and use some dows and some arts. (laughs) (laughs) And really... Prayer is a conversation with the one who loves you more than you could ever understand and the one that can do anything and everything uh, abundantly, be all anything we could ever imagine. It's a conversation with your Abba Father. Respectful, but I would say probably my most spoken prayer is help. Yeah. And maybe my second most uh, spoken prayer was shut my mouth, (laughs) Um, you know, guard my lips. It doesn't have to be glamorous, but it really the fervency of prayer comes out of a warm heart. It it, it doesn't come out of here, uh, out of your out of your brain. It comes out of your heart. Being willing to learn different parts of prayer um, as a study of prayer, because this year exalt the Lord, we got to talk about praise, and people will very quickly confuse praise with Thanksgiving. Now we praise God for who He is, unchanging. Um, all his attributes. I love my husband because he is my husband. And I don't withhold my love based on what he does or doesn't do. That's thankfulness. That We thank God for what he does. We praise him for who he is. We love him because of who he is. We are faithful because of who he is. And so starting to understand what intercession is and praises and Thanksgiving is and and listening, letting it be a conversation, your prayer life can grow. You can grow um, out of a quiet time and into a prayer life, just kind of a day at time, a moment at a time, every day along the way, just saying either out loud or in your spirit as a beautiful bird flies by or you see the sunset or your kids all climb in the car and are chatting away to you about their day and you're talking to God about it. That is prayer to me. So,
0: how did you learn, Kathy, to hear the Lord, to know it was him as opposed to some random thought going through your head? I think a lot of people want to hear the Lord, but sure. you know, how do
1: you distinguish between God and your own thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, God speaks to everyone. You know, he did it back in the scripture days. He's unchaining. So none of that. Well, God used to talk to people, but he doesn't Mm -hmm. anymore. Those people are crazy. That's not true. It's an ongoing thing. But being uh, deeply steeped in the word of God is very important because God will, he'll never tell you to do something that is opposed to what is in his word. And so you can very quickly discern some things. Any married woman who says, oh, but the Lord said I could have this affair because he knew I needed to be loved, did not hear from the Lord. That was not the Holy Spirit talking right. to them. It's very important to know the word of God um, very clearly. The, the word of God in prayer walks hand in hand. And also you get a sense of you can always ask God for confirmation, And so my family um, will hear me say, I've lost my peace. Mm -hmm. And they know that means uh, I am in a position of waiting. Waiting doesn't mean that I just sit in my prayer closet with my hands folded and wait to hear from the Lord. But it means I am not going to go forward in making a decision about something that I don't have a peace about. If I've lost my peace with God, lost my peace in the path, it's time to stop and wait on the Lord. He will guide you. But you do have to ask for confirmation because I, you know, I'm a blonde. And so I always say, is this God or is this yeah. Goldie? <laughs> um, and, and I re- I will ask God that because certainly in the desires of our heart, we'd love to be able to say, God wanted me to have that new whatever or that, to this or that. And really it was like, no, that was Goldie. Mm, yeah, I, I remember
0: I was traveling for work at the time, internationally, going a lot of different places. And I had the opportunity to go to India. I had never been to India before, and I really wanted to go because, you know, people would ask me, where's your favorite place? And I'd say, the place I'm going next, because I just love adventure. Mm -hmm. And so I had this opportunity to go to India. I was planning on it. You know, it was my choice to go. I mean, I had had the opportunity. I could say yes or no. And the Lord said, no, not this time. I was like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't even asking him, really, you know. But I heard him very clearly say, this is not for you. Don't go on this trip. So I didn't go on the trip. And I was like, I don't know why you don't want me to go, Lord. I really want to go to India. I haven't seen it before, blah, 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 blah. But I was obedient, not real happy about it, but I was obedient. And it was, I mean, I learned it was really important that I was at home. I mean, some, something happened in my life at that time that I just could not have handled if I had been in India. He is faithful. You know, he. Di- I didn't have that piece to go, and I knew I couldn't go, even though I really wanted to. So that having that peace is so important to know. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, obviously, scripture too is really important, but that is a that is a right. really important, you know, moving ahead when you have anxiety or frustration about something mm-hmm. or just not clear yeah. is a, a definite marker for the Lord saying, stop, wait a minute. (laughs) There's more you need to know. Really? I mean, I'm
1: just going to beg the audience, always pray about it because um, you might be about to do something great and godly. I mean, you're like, well, of course I would Mm -hmm. give money to this person who has this need or, you know, let them stay at my house because of blah, blah, blah. You need to stop and pray because God has said to me several times, you just got in my way. You just, I was doing a work in their life. I was making them desperate for me. They were suffering the consequence of their sin. I was discipling and disciplining them. And you just jumped in to be the hero. I didn't tell you to do that. There's been other times where I've stolen someone else's blessing. Oh, I used to be the queen of this because it was like, oh, I can do that. I can do that with one hand tied behind my back. And God's like, yes, you can, because I've already taught you that lesson. So go away. (laughs) This is not your blessing. This is not your lesson. You've already, you know, checked. You passed that test. This is for somebody else. So do not volunteer for that. Do not say you'll do that. Don't bake that. Don't teach that. Don't whatever. This isn't your assignment. Yeah, I think that is but really
0: important probably, for, for people who want to, you know, serve the Lord. And I'm, I'm like you. I mean, I was always taking everything on. I mean, I, any t- any opportunity that came my way, I'd say, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And one day I woke up and I said, I love everything I'm doing. I hate my life because I had taken on more than God had told me to.
1: Yeah, we've stolen somebody else's blessing and we've taken up the space for his assignment. Yeah for what's next and now for us, because we're doing what was then and done. That's important. Pray about it and get get clear direction. I'll never forget the time when somebody asked me to do something and I said, let me pray about it. And they go, oh, that's Christian for no. And I said, I don't know who you've been talking to, but I don't go anywhere without praying about it. But a lot of times it's yes. But the one who authored my days, I need to see what's on the page. Yeah. And, um, and so stop and go, Lord, is this on the page for today? And also, have you been to India since? I have been. The yes. Lord took me another so, time. So, yes, God's time is in, is just as important in his design, you know, as anything else. And so his no for you is always because there's a great, yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, as we close, I love to ask my guests if there's a woman in the Bible whose story is, has inspired or encouraged you or taught you something and how her God story relates to yours.
1: I think right. So let's say for seasons, um, because right now I'm very much in a Deborah Mm -hmm. season. Um, So many uh, people go, Oh, you are such an Esther. And I'm thinking, do you think I'd spend 12 months getting pretty for a dude? (laughs) That's not me. Um, (laughs) Just joking around with them, but thank you. Yes. Absolutely. For such a time as this, but this is really, we're at war. I'm contending for the soul of our nation. I am pulling people out of the fires of hell. Um, I so badly want God to use me to remind us of what our condition, character and conduct is in Christ. That's a war. I'm wearing armor, um, not makeup. Yeah. And so for me, I really just connected with the Deborah story right now, but um, you know, for a long time it was Ruth. Um, because I mean, can you, I think about Ruth and Naomi and, and that, that trip, you know, um, over from Moab to Bethlehem and traveling with someone who calls herself bitter. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine how fun that road trip was (laughs) 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 for Ruth? But she was so sweet and so faithful and, and just to have this intimacy with her mother in law like that, um, making it clear my mother in law wasn't like that, just to be willing to journey with the bitter, to be willing to journey with the hurting, even the hateful, and show them the love of Jesus Christ like Ruth did. Man, I want to be like that because it's too easy to run from those people and just be like, okay, enough. But in these days of such great mental illness, such mental illness going on in our Mm, country right now, so (laughs) many hurting people, so many hopeless people, we need to be more Ruth-like. And be willing to serve them, love them, stick with them, so that our God will become their God. Amen. So, those two right now. Those are good. Well,
0: there's a prayer in Habakkuk that uh, the Habakkuk prayed that seems so appropriate right now. It's in chapter 3, verse 2. And Habakkuk said, Lord, I've heard of your fame, I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. Mm in our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Kathy shared some awesome deeds of the Lord. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've said that probably more than once this, this podcast, and he's still doing awesome things. So Kathy,
1: would you take a moment and pray for everyone who listens to this amazing God story? Absolutely. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. And we thank you that you loved us first and your loving thoughts towards us are more than even the numbers of grains of sand on this planet. And so, Lord, I pray that you would encourage, that you would bring courageous confidence, courageous love, courageous joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control into the lives of every listener. Lord, that the seeds that were planted in the Holy Spirit's hands today would grow into an orchard of fruitfulness, that we would remember that self-control coming from the Holy Spirit really plugs our heart into the Spirit, Mm -hmm. that fruitfulness, not feelings, should run our life when we are plugged into the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I ask that you would to help us to sort through the emotions of life to get to the root of you. So, uh, it is to our Father's glory that we bear much fruit. And so, I ask for courageous um, listeners today who are encouraged in you, deeply rooted, and being built up in you, established in their faith, just as they were instructed, and that they would be overflowing with gratitude. In Jesus' beautiful, powerful, wonderful name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for
0: tuning in. Links to Kathy's books, An Invitation to Prayer, An Apple a Day, 365 Daily Devotionals for Teachers, A Prayer Warrior's Guide to to Spiritual Battle, and others, as well as the scriptures and information about the National Day of Prayer Task Force, are in our show notes at hergodstory.org. There, you can also sign up for periodic emails and watch out for a free downloadable devotional book. We'd love for you to share this story with friends who might enjoy it, and be sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. We also are willing to pray with you. If you have a need, you can email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. Prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friends, I leave you with a blessing from Psalm 20, verse 1. May the Lord answer you in your day of distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.